Japan Airlines Flight 516 was cleared to land and approached runway 34 right. The smaller Japan Coast Guard aircraft had permission to taxi, but not to take off. The Coast Guard acknowledging that call from the tower in its last transmission before the crash. Five, four, three, we have ignition. And liftoff of the first United Launch Alliance Vulcan rocket. A stunning early morning launch, the first for the ULA Vulcan rocket. But while that stage of the mission was celebrated, the craft taking a lunar lander with NASA scientific instrumentation on board facing a serious issue. About seven hours after Vulcan lifted off from the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station and after successful stage separation, trouble struck. Astrobotic announcing a problem with the propulsion system on its lunar lander, calling it a critical fuel leak. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me. They approached me. I have plenty of current and former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. David, we've just heard that two key provisions were killed from this defense bill that basically water down the requirement to make public any information about spacecraft, about alien remains. I take it you're disappointed. Yes, yeah, thank you for having me on today. And, you know, what we're witnessing right now is, quite frankly, uh, the greatest legislative failure in, in American history. Those are a few of the subjects you will hear about this hour. If you have questions about the Boeing 737 being grounded, if you have questions about the uh, Japan airline collision, if you have questions about Congress being briefed on UFOs or why we may not be going to the moon after all, you are tuned to the right radio program. This is The Other Side of Midnight, and you are about to hear... Some cosmic conversations. The Other Side of Midnight presents From the Spiral to the Elliptical to the Lenticular to the Irregular to the Quasar's Galaxies. Where are we in the cosmic evolutionary picture? Always remember to keep your eyes to the skies. The following conversations are cosmic conversations with Steve Cates, a.k.a. Dr. Sky. Our shepherd on this journey through the stars and the skies is indeed Dr. Sky, Steve Cates. He is a veteran radio and TV broadcaster and edutainer with a great deal of expertise in astronomy and space. Also a terrific podcaster for uh, the Red Apple Podcast Network. You can check out his podcast, The Dr. Sky Experience, and the recipient for our year-end award of our most interesting regular contributor steve it's great to have you back happy 2024 yes happy 2024 frank and let me thank the listeners for that high honor and again yourself looking forward to do a great job here in 2024 as the early indications are so many topics to talk about and excited once again to be here live well let's begin with the uh boeing set boeing 737 max situation i i imagine 
most people have heard at least a little bit about this, but essentially a, a panel came loose on the airplane in the middle of the flight. I can't imagine how frightening that that is for the passengers. An Alaska Airlines flight, and uh, it, they're having to make an emergency landing, essentially with a gaping hole in the airplane. Boeing 737 MAX 9s have been grounded, united, Alaska Airlines, they're now saying they've found a whole bunch of loose bolts. Not exactly the kind of thing that gives people confidence. Give us your take on what we know about this situation at this point and where we go from here. Well, I can just say thank God that nobody was injured uh, on on board this Alaska flight 1282. So as we know, back on January 5th, the aircraft takes off out of Portland, Oregon, and it's flying over to Ontario, California. But as soon as they get up to a flight altitude, not even the maximum altitude of about 16,000 feet, the story centers around these plugs that happen to be placed on this type of aircraft. And by the way, not every configuration of these MAX you know, aircraft, the MAX 8, the MAX 9, and also a future one that's probably, and I believe very accurately, in the production now and also testing the MAX 10, The reason for this type of door and why it was plugged, on this particular configuration of aircraft, Alaska chose this and other airlines because it's a narrow-bodied aircraft with less of a passenger load. So the requirements would not necessitate the type of emergency exit doors that are on the longer, heavier flight uh, numbers that they would place on an airplane, meaning meeting passengers. So what they have, you wouldn't know this. As you're sitting there in those rows, there's no indication like you would have on a regular airliner where you know, let's say, an overwing entry or exit, I should say, off the airplane if you had to get out of an emergency. So what from the outside of the aircraft, there's this item which fits right across that area. It's an actual module that's cut out by the subcontractor. And you have to know this, that Spirit Aerosystems is actually one of the prime contractors for portions of that fuselage on these aircraft. So this whole survey is going back and the analysis and investigation is going to go back to their factory, you know, their facility in Kansas as to what happened. So simply, they have this plug and it has these bolts or plugs that are up on top to kind of seal that so that it's not going to come out. And apparently, this is even the most bizarre thing I've read, and this is just information that's coming to us from the Internet, is that one of those plugs the bolt itself and the plug was actually found by someone in their backyard on Sunday. And that's a key piece for the investigation because they need to understand why these weren't tightened down or whether there's metal fatigue, you know, the metallurgists are going to go, you know, deep into this, but just know that this configuration, you wouldn't have known that there was some sort of a door there. So as you're sitting in your passenger seat, you would have looked and it would be, you know, the paneling that you normally see if there's no exit door there so it gets to 16,000 feet, these things decompress, and that was been the most horrifying thing I can imagine. This is not the first time airliners have had decompression. I mean, there's actually been stories, Frank, of people, let's say a long time ago, a DC-10 at flight altitude, max flight altitude, about 35,000 feet, had a window that actually popped out, and that caused a serious decompression. And I know there were some instances where 747s, one, I believe, coming out of Hawaii, which had a total failure of its uh, cargo bay door underneath, and it blew the whole side of the airplane out. And some people, sadly, got sucked out, and maybe some ingested into the engines at uh, maybe twenty, thirty thousand feet or more. But 
The investigation goes on, and, and not to say that these are bad aircraft. That would be wrong for me to say. But the problematic thing is, I believe on that particular day after, it wiped out maybe $12 billion of market value over to Boeing. But if we go back really quickly, there's been other issues with the MAX 8, and that's why those aircraft were grounded, but it was an entirely different thing. It had to do with the technical system that the airplane flies by called the MCAS system. And we had two very serious, you know, 100% fatalities on some of those aircraft. That's horrible. That was a whole different computer type, you know, system to keep it simple. But this one, uh, that's that's really, thank God, nothing further happened that those people got down and it didn't happen at a higher altitude, maybe up at 30,000 feet or however they, you know, cruise altitude in that airplane.